And it's a beautiful day to have a beautiful day. A GM, GM on this beautiful day. A good morning, NFTs. We put all good stuff in Mando. Got the Alpha on Web 3. And it's all on Road Radio. It's a beautiful day to have a beautiful day. A GM, GM. GM, GM. Yo, 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 what up, what up, what up, what up? Good morning, NFTs. Tuesday, July 5th. Another beautiful day to have a beautiful day. Look at that. Look at that. I've already got my co-host on stage, Ovi. We got Golden in the in the house. Look at that. Just wait. What's up, Bobby? How you doing? Um, good, thanks. How you doing? I'm good, expect, except for the fact that um, I guess the street next to me decided to go into construction. You know, Montreal, uh, I, I, I wish, I, I want to be like Montreal in life. I want to constantly be working on myself. Um, under construction, 12 months a year. Um, but, you know, uh, <laughs> that's just how it is here. <laughs> <laughs> GM guys, GM. <laughs> Good morning. It just had to be the street that's facing my office. You know what I mean? Uh, but it is what it is. Uh, in the, and I'm gonna have to deal with it. Uh, but it's such a typical Montreal thing. Um, they'll they'll repair things that don't necessarily need to be repaired, uh, just for the sake of repairing it. So it's it's uh, it's just an ever ending cycle. If you're Montrealer, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Mando. Good morning. GM man, how are you? Good, good. We're chilling. We got the coffee. We got the coffee and the rug radio mug going. Fourth you know? of July is over. Everyone stop buying crypto. Oh. <laughs> exactly. Fourth of July is done. You know the markets are back down. Uh, you know, um, and 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 that's about it. You know, I'm sure we're gonna get into it to, get into it in a second. We have a great show today lined up. I'm excited. I'm excited. Obviously, as usual, I pinned to the top. You know what to do. Hit it with the retweet, everyone. If you're listening to the show, it's pinned at the top. My last tweet, share it. Let's get the people in there. Um, we're going to have, so we're going to obviously go over that daily market summary, macro, NFTs, all that good stuff. Uh, we had quite a run yesterday, actually. And uh, and then, you know, we're going to talk about uh, the NFTs, you know, rallying, will it last, will it not last, what's going down. And then, special guest, Nina Chanel. I'm really excited about that one. Iconic, iconic painter, iconic artist, huge trad artist, you know, coming into the Web3 space with her drop on Goda. So I'm really excited to talk to Todd and his team. You know, Jamie's coming up too. OG, what's up? It's going to be cool. And we're going to talk, talk about Nina and, you know, her way into Web3, etc. It should be really interesting. Uh, and then commercial rights. I mean, yesterday y'all saw. Uh, Artifact made their announcement, commercial rights, etc. So that just spun off another conversation. We'll talk about Artifact probably later during the week, trying to get the founders on. So we're not going to per se get into that part of the conversation. But, um, you know, are they are, are commercial rights really, um, you know, do they really work much today? You know, what do people do with them? Uh, what does it mean, et cetera, et cetera? I know it's been a conversation that's going on for a minute in the space. So so really excited to get into that for sure. But Mando, Ovi. We'll give it to you guys for the market first. Yeah, we obviously. Uh, oh, Farouk, you're not recording this one, by the way. Just FYI. No, no. So, so that's the thing. So, weird thing now on Twitter Spaces. 
it doesn't offer you to record before. And it's, it's really weird because it, they remove the option to hit the record button before you plan it. But after when I end it. sounds like an excuse. This sounds no, like. It's true. No, no, it's true. I posted it yesterday, motherfucker. Listen, listen. There's a reason why. Yesterday was the first time in my career I made the mistake of not recording. Okay? Like 500 shows later or 700. I don't even know. Basically, <laughs> Twitter decided to remove the host, the record button. And then when you end, they prompt you if you want to save the space, which is super weird. Um, because yes, I just hit no, because I was like, what the hell is this thing popping up on my screen? Uh, but yeah, I think that's what it is. Unless I got it completely wrong, but I took a screenshot and it says, now you can save your space when it's over. So new listeners can tune in. Um, usually you want to offer people to record before that. So your people know you're recording, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's what it is. Oli. I hope that answers your question. Thank you. Yeah, that was a good. That's good. <laughs> nice piece of that's what I was like. I know Mando tried to grill me for a second there, but I was ready. I came. I'm ready. still nervous. We'll see. I'm we'll still see. nervous. <laughs> I came prepared. Um. All right. So it looks like stuff is. Uh, stocks are down compared to yesterday. S and P 500 is down more than Nasdaq, which is kind of weird, but it's down two percent. Nasdaq's down one percent. Crypto bounced yesterday. It's back down a little bit. Um, the main thing is interest rates, again, are lower. Like, they sold off a little bit this morning, but they're back lower. We're at 2.83% on two-year again and 2.84% on 10-year. So that moving interest rate seems to have held. And oil is down a lot. Oil is down 7%. Um, so once again, it's the same thing. You have yet another day where the market is telling you it's more worried about a recession than inflation. And I still think that's positive for risk assets eventually, like sooner than, than the other way around is. Um, but yeah, that's basically it. But you do, it's quite, it's pretty interesting. You have another day of, of this quite similar price action. And I think it means Friday's payrolls number is going to be very interesting. I think if that comes in lower than expectation, then people are really going to start banging the recession drum, um, which will be interesting, I think. But that's kind of it. There's not much more support on the market side of things. On the um, NFT side of things, like it's pretty. There's a lot going on. Like a lot's been trading. There's new projects that are up. Moonbirds obviously is the big one. I don't know if you if you have like a topic cut out for that or not, so I won't go into it too much. But um, NFTs in the holds, I think, seem to be doing pretty well. This ether's kind of been stable above one between one and one point one k right now, which is usually good. And again, like every time we get to this point, I think oh, ETH can just hold on to its stability for another few more days, I really think NFTs will rip. Um, but every time that happens, like we just had this huge crash in ETH again. So I'm, I'm curious to see if we hold, if ETH does hang in here for another few more days, I think you'll start to see NFTs go even higher. Um, but that's contingent on ETH staying stable. Yeah, market um, doesn't look so bad to me today. Like th this is... This is the next phase of it. Like um, the markets are now starting to price in a recession. Um, this is this is definitely not as bad as it was a couple of months ago. Like rates being so much lower, um, oil being so much lower. That's that's going to be medium term, I think, positive um, than when we were at like three point five percent and oil was at like one thirty. So. Yeah, stocks are down, but this is definitely entering the phase of the uh, sell-off where I think you could get some decent 
decent bounces um, on stable days just because rates and, and, and oil are so much lower. And I think that's what we'll see. I think, I think this is the sort of environment where I do think ETH bounce, could bounce nicely. It could, it, I think it personally could go up to like one, one 500. Listen to you, young bula. No, I'm kidding. Uh, that's what Wizard would be saying right now. Um, you know, it, it makes sense. I, I love what you're saying. Uh, yesterday, oh, there's these. Let me bring them up. Uh, on the market side, I mean, we went in depth. I, I, I wish I'd recorded it yesterday because you guys, you're... Uh, yeah, what, what a day. What a day to, to forget yeah. to record, right? I know. Your macro analysis yesterday was on point. I mean, this is the stuff that, like, you know, it was like CNBC, CNN, all these things, level times 10, you know? But uh, but sadly, you know, someone didn't hit the record button. All right, uh, but it was uh, it was really good. I guess we'll wait for Friday. Uh, we talked about it yesterday quite a bit, so we'll have the discussion again on Friday. On the market side, on the NFT market side, we did see a a huge run up on the Moonbirds, and by huge I mean huge. That <laughs> that thing went these. I was on Facetime with these when that shit was running, and I'm like, yo, refresh the floor. It's thirty sixteenth. <laughs> it went yeah, all the way up. fucked up. Blur kept showing the um, like <laughs> scam listings on Looks Rare that were at like twenty seven, and then you're like, no, go look on OpenSea, and yeah, sure, shit, it was like almost thirty eight, and then of course it just got listed right back down. Like, how many listings happened uh, after that? Oh, it they started getting listed like crazy, all the way down to twenty seven. But I feel like we should get used to like this for Moonbirds because like. There's the, the amount of like listing is so, 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 so low because of the nesting and what they're doing. Obviously, like proof is like pretty, pretty safe, like, you know, NFA, whatever. But like still, like I feel safe with my Moonbirds, right? And it's like so there's not many listed. And so any news, any little spark can literally like blow this thing up. So I, I saw Brian was writing yesterday, like, you know, we should get used to, like, the blow-off tops from Moonbirds because, like, there's so many listed. So it's obviously bound to be very volatile uh, compared to compared to other stuff. Obviously, there was Ryan Carson's uh, massive sweep the other day with his fund, um, and then which which caused the floor to move up already. But yesterday, with the, with the whole rumor thing, I mean, we covered it yesterday on the show too, but uh, with the Ravens and the whatever they're working on, given that it's them which i think he came out i think he, he came out in the discord and said look this we're going to build in uh like a more detailed marketplace he didn't get drawn into the idea that there would be a token although he said on a previous podcast i don't know if you've, you remember like he said he he wasn't really a big fan of like nft tokens he basically was talking about ape at the time but he he was saying that he, he didn't mind the idea of like a of he liked the idea of die which is die is the um which is the decentralized stablecoin, which uses a bunch of different um, different cryptocurrencies as collateral. And he said he liked that concept. So maybe there's some idea that the, there is a coin coming down the line um, at some stage for the proof slash Moonbirds ecosystem, but I don't think it will feel like other, other ERC-20 coins. I think the idea is that it might be like backed in some way by NFTs. Yeah, no, I, I'm excited. Whatever it is, I'm sure like, Moonbirds is like they've had so much time to like learn from the others too and see what works, what doesn't. And now they have a solid project with a solid floor and a lot of confidence and trust in the team. So it's like they could literally just like take their time and build it proper and just crush it. Like that's how I feel about the Moonbirds. It's like just like 
one of the projects I've never even thought of listing in a minute. They're nested, so I don't want to ruin my nesting. <laughs> but it's just Plus, like, you both talk, so. I mean, technically speaking, as of yesterday, I could have taken an ETH gain and a massive USD loss. I call that a double whammy, right? So that's, that's you know, we, we like those. We like those. and uh, But we still don't but want to a, up with it. It was a good day in NFTs, right? Yesterday, I think the G Money admit one. Yeah, uh, those are flying. Up to twenty ETH now. Again, whoa! <clears throat> yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing the. I'm doing the, uh, I'm doing the DGEN's report on that one this week. There is not a lot known about that that project. Um, like, um, I think so far it looks like G Money. The majority. Right. We had, he's, he's made, we had him he's made like a hundred investments into Web three startups over the last year, and I think the idea is that this community will be able to benefit from. Maybe special access to some of those drops. Maybe his own little proof at some point, but with his own twist, right? Like I don't know, like yeah, especially with the five thousand. It's similar to that. I think I think he's done a, a number of different investments, and maybe this is the community that will get to be involved in those drops first in some way. But in particular, it, it feels like he has connections now in like fashion. I think he's part of something called Red Dow, which is which has been investing in various different fashion Web3 startups. And he's got Prada ties too. He's always goes he's to... He's got Prada ties. always like, gee, my guy's to every Prada show. That's my man right there. Exactly. <laughs> he, he missed NFT NYC and went to... to Maybe it was Italy for, for the Prada yeah. show. I don't really know. Um, but he obviously has connections with Adidas. Um, I've seen maybe as some connections with watch brands, but maybe you'll see... That, that community is benefiting from when Prada does its drop in some way. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be, we, we interviewed him, right? I think it's recording all that. We were interviewed G Money, and he's obviously a great guy. He's done a lot in the space. Uh, and so, and but he says the, nothing in those interviews, right? He, he's very, very, yeah, no, he's very, like, even in private, by the way, like, he's very, like, same thing. Like, it's just like, you know, it's going to happen. So, but, but hey, like, the supply is small. Obviously, he, kind of like curated very well who got the admit one. Like, you remember it was like some people he selected for being his close friends and the other people, like all out of the thousand, every single person had to physically meet him, like IRL to get the PO app to be able to be even eligible to maybe have a chance to mint the admit one. So it's like, it's like the thousand true fans, right? So he's really trying to build uh, something proper. So that's one thing. And, and it's Did on you his get own one of these? Pardon? Did you get one? Did you yeah, yeah. props to G Money for Did like literally one? going around VCon and making sure that his friends had them. He saw me two different times and was like, "You got it, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it's there." He's like, "Okay, good." Yeah, yeah he's cool. He gave me the type yeah. where like I get a DM and I miss it, and then I don't get it, and I'm like, "Fuck!" But he was the type to like make sure in person multiple times that his friends were good to go. So uh, I can't sell the damn thing ever because he did that. It's kind of like RLD. It's made us so much money with these airdrops. We can't get rid of it. We love no, it. Never sell RLD. Never selling RLD. Thank you, OSF. Never sell it, guys. <laughs> never sell it. Never selling RLD. And 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 it's like a there's like a week there's a monthly stimmy and and it's beautiful art. So it's like you know it's that 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 kind of stuff. But I guess it says a lot about the product, right? It's true, by the way. These he came at Vcon. He's like, yo, like make sure you get the pop. Make sure, like you know, because he really wanted to make sure that people that were supporting him for a while or, you know, friends of his were set up, but also like some of his like fans, right? Like people are fans of him and work with him, this and that. So, yeah, so I think, I think the majority of people got it. They either got the Po app, they were part of his Wolf game mm -hmm. team. And then he's, I think he curated another 200 
of which I think nearly 60% were women. So it's got a, it's got a really good distribution. Um, I think it's, it's got like 90%, nearly 90% unique owners. So I think it was like 60 or 70% women that he curated. And then it's 300, it says 302 curated invitations and 698 POAP allow lists. And it's on G.Money. So if you're interested in getting it, of course, it's expensive right now. So, you know, maybe do your research. But don't get it on OpenSea. Like, they, they, he has his own marketplace that came out with to just buy it on. Um, much more interesting. Yeah. So um, that did well. Then Autoglyphs, I think that floor Autoglyph traded. So that floor is now up to 300. Yes, sir. Um, and then I think so. I think it's been like three or four of the last couple of days, which has cleaned up. There's been that four, uh, yeah, been three. There's been three sales over four days, um, and the floor was three fifty, but someone just listed one on two nine 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 five, so three hundred. Um, and there three hundred what? Three hundred ETH. What do you mean three hundred what? Three hundred pesos. GM ad. Good morning, Ed. GM on Solana. GM. Ed really wants an autoglyph. That's so much. That's incredible. <laughs> I mean, not a lot of on-chain generative art project. Between us, 300 Z sounds like a lot, but 300 grand for the first ever generative project from 2017 in a few years is going to look like a joke. Um, it's uh, it's And that's why the, the pump, right? It's like it was at 100-something ETH with $1,000 ETH, and you have, like, autoglyphs. It's like only 512 of them, you know? So... Not surprised. They, were trading, they were trading like a million dollars a pop, weren't they? Like uh, the bull market. Yeah, I mean, Danny has a full set, got a monstrous offer at the top. Like monstrous. It was like the type of offers that'll put five generations comfortable. That's what how was the, the autoglyphs were. What was the offer? Give us the alpha. And it, was just, it was just monstrous. It was, it was monstrous. But it was the type of offer that literally like your great, great, great grand, grandkids are doing, you know? And he was like, nope. <laughs> I love him. I love him so much. Such a savage. But the distribution isn't that great, right? I think there's only like a hundred or something owners of five hundred pieces. But it's kind of the same as Squiggles. Like neither of them have great distribution. So there's some proper whales uh, in both of those markets. I wish I, I. I really want. Do you guys have one part of your your vault? No, we never got one. Can we talk about your vault for a second? I saw a tweet yesterday. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. God. You guys, <laughs> hold up. You guys, I mean, I, you, you're. I think I mentioned that on the. I was on Facetime with these and the boys. And I was like, "Holy shit, these guys are crazy." You guys are telling me that you're down thirty six million dollars in one month. Two months, but yeah, it's two months, <laughs> and you never once thought about selling anything. No, just don't, exactly. we don't sell, man. So it's all going. It's all going. It's all coming back. And he was like, "It's all going to." No, it's all coming back. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> as a bad say, it's all going to zero. <laughs> Careful, careful what you ask. have taxes if we round trip it. So wait, so that, it's, it's that too early with these, that with these started, numbers. You started that when you guys started the joint venture, or is that like like because like you guys that that graph didn't encompass the full ride you guys have been on, right? Like like what what's oh, yeah. the backstory to? We, we invested. We only invested like a few hundred thousand, so it's not it's not it's not been it's been a pretty good investment so far serious investors like what my fellow goblins would say um and so but that, that's wild like the, just the 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 thought of like never wanting and like didn't not selling any top this or that having the long-term conviction play i have a lot of respect for that that's uh that's really 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 crazy um there you go. I found, found the tweet and pinned it um but yeah, to, to answer spencer's question it is it's not since we started in nfts but since we 
started like this JV thing where we joined our collection. So it's since the beginning of September, basically. Um, which we're actually we're actually like not down since the beginning of September, which is pretty impressive. We're like small up um, when the whole market is down like thirty to ninety percent. So it's kind of like an outperformance. Yeah, I mean, I wish we, would have sold. we did. We did take some profits for. But, but like, like you, you did. We took out. We took out all the eight, right? We sold all right, coin. Yeah. Yeah, but you did USD, but I don't think you're that much down in ETH, right? Oh, like, up, up a lot in ETH, yeah. But yeah, Bjorkov yeah. is still in the 90s. Like, you know, yeah. the top was at 150, but obviously the US dollar, but that's, US, like, you know, in Ether, I don't think you guys are, you know, a big... The, I, you should do the chart in ETH. The biggest mindfuck is when you're fucking up a ton of ETH and you're down, like, over a million dollars. Like, when I look at WGMI right now, I'm up over a thousand ETH and I'm down over a million dollars. And it's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, we have that yeah. feeling. <laughs> and then you realize that you got to pay your taxes in US dollars. You're uh, just, like, thankful <laughs> as fuck you sold some for the taxes. It ju- yeah, Those times it- were good. Yeah, if if you know, and then you you go, hey, Joe Biden, maybe you want to take some ETH for those taxes, and like, no, that wor- that's worth nothing, not right now. So, you know, it's uh, it, it is quite a tough realization. What do we think here? We're gonna have uh, Nina and the Goda and the Goda Squad come in a second. What do y'all think here in terms of like NFTs rallying, etc.? Um, what do you what do you see it going? I know Artifact had some solid news yesterday, obviously pushing the creator economy forward. Big fan of what they're doing. We're going to try and get them up. I was talking to Benito. They're just really slammed right now, but I'm trying to see if we can get them up at the end of this week or early next week. Uh, but, you know, that it seems like the NFT space just healthily, just like slowly, steady, just doing its thing, growing, you know. Mando, I don't know if you have thoughts here on the on this uh, the last couple of days and what's what's coming. Looks good. Looks good to me. I, I think this is this is a decent period. I mean, obviously, the fact that ETH is down again today, well, it's going to be more of a test. But what what I felt yesterday is that if we see ETH rally at any point this year, I think you're going to have a monstrous NFT rally. Like the moment you see any stability or ETH starts to rise again, suddenly everything in NFTs kind of starts coming back to life pretty quickly. I also think once Coinbase NFT launches. Um, we're going to have a massive rally. So I'm really looking forward <laughs> to it. <laughs> You're wrong for this one, bro. You, I mean, I heard it launches soon. Um, but it's... Uh, I'm They're normally sure. in the crowd, aren't they, Coinbase? <laughs> oh, it's OpenSea. OpenSea's normally It's Coinbase, but I think, they're, I think they're used to the joke by now. It's like part of the culture. At this stage, you may want to embrace it and like meme it into reality. I don't know. They should maybe do something and uh, whoever their marketing partners are, maybe play with that. Uh, that idea because at the end of the day like, <laughs> I don't know I mean you know Simon that's that's what they should do right, um, right. just go with it but you know look even last week like both Doodles Pixel Vault they both sold out massive drops like there's capital on the sideline there's people still here it's mm-hmm. just it's not moving at the volumes we saw last year and even a few months ago Like, and what are the catalysts to get those volumes going again and I think Man, was kind of spot on. If we start seeing, you know, pretty massive rip in ETH, we could see some more price action there. People rotating profits back in. Um, it's also summertime. I just think a lot of people aren't around their computers as much 24-7. After, like, a massive bear run, people are kind of enjoying, like, oh, I don't have to be doing this 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But Definitely not. I think everybody... People- 
Right. Yeah. Maybe a fall winter time, like once, you know, people are back more inside again, then we'll see what happens. Yeah. I think definitely no. there was a community burnout. Uh, it seems. And, and and then everybody came, partied in NFTNYC and that was a blow off top. NFTNYC and then everybody's got COVID, everybody's burnt, everybody's tired. It's like, yo, let's take a second and, and appreciate uh touching grass for a second. I don't know if anybody has any thoughts on what on this, but if not I'm going to move forward here because a special guest is on stage, Nina Chanel. What's up? What's up? Good morning. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good morning. Amazing. It's it's great to meet you. Uh, obviously, big fan and really excited to be able to, to chat with you. Legendary painter. So hyped about this. <laughs> and and we have also Todd Kramer. It's Kramer, right? I said it right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you nailed it. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me, Fro. Good morning, Todd. Todd is the founder of Gota Gallery of Digital Assets. Um, you know, we you've you've seen we've talked about the Gota passes here on stage. Uh, we mentioned them yesterday, actually, um, because of your floor price. Sheesh! It was on the daily market summary. I think that stuff went to like eleven ETH yesterday. So uh, we definitely covered it. And last but not least, we also have Jimmy. Jimmy, what's up, King? What up? What up, yo? I'm sitting on eight autoglyphs. What's up? <laughs> yo. <laughs> Oh, we need you to change your your name like like Franklin pushing fifty seven apes. I want you to put Jimmy pushing eight autoglyphs. I'm also how's that? I'm also pushing like fifty seven <laughs> apes. What do you think of this last glyph run, Jimmy? You must have loved that. Oh, uh, it's cool. Damn. Um, I think someone pointed out it's still it's still only like yeah, the A down in the E. You have A. Yeah, eight, and eight. I think you broke it up. But but uh but yeah, I mean the the price in uh, U.S. dollars is still like relatively low compared to where they were uh, when Ethereum was like three to four k. So I don't know. It could could be a good play on uh, you know selling now and, and expecting Ethereum to go up because the price probably won't sustain those levels um, if Ethereum goes on a run again. Um, so I don't know. I think it's great. Uh, I I love that project. Uh, it was the project that really like kicked off a lot of inspiration for me and got me into collecting things other than um, CryptoKitties. So I'm um, excited for that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And and but I, actually, DC was saying he's he he's seeing five to ten mil pop long term. So maybe you want to hold on to those. Um, <laughs> but it's uh, they're super cool. No, I love those. Um, Grails for definitely sure. Coming. Yeah, definitely a, a dream. But now, so we have, you know, we have a grail painter coming into our space, Nina Chanel. Um, you know, I'd love to give you one of those big intros, but you know what? I think nobody can do it better yourself. Maybe you want to, you know, give maybe a, a two, one two-liner on, like, who you are and, and what your art and craft is. Because, I mean, a lot of people know you, but, you know, in this space, maybe some people want to get to know you as well. Can I just cut you okay. off and say it's so awesome to have Nina on this space? I mean, what? I just want to say, yo, this is a fucking honor. Man, you are a pioneer. Yo, this is so dope. Okay. No, I feel that way yet. You're totally allowed to cut it off for that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm Nina Chanel Abney. I've been working professionally as a fine artist since about 2007. Um, I do paintings, installations basketball courts, murals. I'm now delving into more of the commercial area. I did Uno cards. I'm doing a Jordan collab that releases on July 8th. And now I'm finally delving into the NFT space in hopes of 
making my work a bit more accessible and trying to bridge the gap between the contemporary fine art world and NFT world. I love that. That is so cool. And you're doing it and you're doing it with uh, with the gallery of digital assets, which you're, you're, you're part of the team, your artist advisor, alongside Pharrell Williams, alongside cause alongside some great people alongside my boy Jimmy on stage right now and uh, and a bunch of and a bunch of to- cool, cool people and obviously Todd you've been working uh, in the art space for a minute but I do want to chat with Dida for a second here uh, Dida I mean you've had a ton of success in 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 I don't know what web uh, web zero one two whatever you want to call it <laughs> <laughs> you know you've been doing it for a minute um, and obviously you got your Jordan collab coming this is really cool actually I'm excited for, to see how that comes out uh, but you know, what do you, I, I kind of want to pick your brain for a second before I get into like what you're dropping, like what, you know, what do you, what do you make of all this space? What are your thoughts on, on this, you know, this digital renaissance just happening right here? I mean, I got hooked like right when COVID hit, when clubhouse got popular and everyone was very curious about all these NFT rooms popping up. And I mean, once I got to learn about it, I was pretty much hooked and, I'm just really excited about the possibilities because I feel like it's so new, but it's rapidly evolving and changing. And so it's like learning HTML for the first time, you know? So I think it's very exciting. It's a possibility for artists to be more empowered and to think in the future about royalties or even just interesting ways to engage with their audience off social media. Um, so I'm, I'm all in. I love that. Yeah, the clubhouse days. That's what got me hooked into this stuff. Let me tell you that. <laughs> I found out what an NFT was on Clubhouse. And uh and the rest is history. But it's um definitely cool. I love I love that you um that you said it got you hooked and that you were just like, you know, fully like you had fully come kind of like John into it. Um I guess like the mo- like like the rest of us. Um, you know, I'd love to I'd love to hear like what, you know what <sighs> It's. I'm trying to think. Um, I'm trying to think of like where to go with this one because I really want to hear more about like your your creative process, etc. But what do you find interesting about like trading in Web three in the NFT space? Because you know I'm sure a lot of artists that are still on the verge of joining the Web three space or NFT space are listening to you right now, or some of them who are native to the space are listening right now. But like, you know what what was different in the creative process for you as as a painter to come into the space? Um, I mean, for me, like, just I'm doing a generative project. So it was very cool for me to create all these elements and see, like, basically with the developers create random images because it's like the computer basically generating collages. And so it felt very cohesive with my um, studio practice. So I was very excited about that. And then just the idea of airdropping stuff or how I can, like incentivize people who come to my exhibitions maybe they come to a show and scan something and get airdropped um so those possibilities were cool for me because um you know it's just a way to bridge the gap you know and it's just so many cool things I'm going to be able to do with this NFT project and it's like the longest it will be like the longest standing project art piece I've ever done you know something that will forever evolve so what will my NFT holders be doing 10 years from now, you know? So it's like a cool project that I can always build on. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really cool. I love that. Do you have any, uh, 
any NFTs that, that kind of like, or any artists in the space that kind of uh, sucked you right in and, and fascinated you the most or that you collect now? Um, well, I have a couple of doodles. Um, I have Tom Sachs. I have a rocket. I'm part of the Cup of Noodles crew. <laughs> and, um, I mean, I got Mirakami, Friends With You, um, and just a bunch that I kind of like poke around. I got a, a pudgy penguin. So I'm kind of, you know, learning and like buying stuff on the way. I love that. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is quite a fascinating space once you uh, once you get in. <laughs> I like I like the ones you named too. And so now, um, and 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 you know, obviously you're working on on super cool world now, and we're gonna get to that in a second. Definitely want to talk to Todd as well about Goda. I think a lot of people are curious about you know the gallery of digital assets and what you guys are up to. Uh, obviously, people really really like what you're doing. But I, I'm curious about you know what do your current collectors think? Because obviously you have a really big collector base, Nina. And I've chatted with a lot of artists and a lot of them, some of the collectors just refuse to, to make the jump. Some of them, uh, you know, want to make it. Some of them don't believe in it. You know, some people still don't think it's art for some reason. Uh, but like, what is your traditional art world or collectors think of you, you know, making the jump? I mean, I think my collectors specifically are primed at my spontaneity and that I'm going to delve into so many different industries and I'm unpredictable in that way. So I don't think it's a surprise for them, but I mean, most of my collectors are very into it, but it's just a bit of a learning curve, which is why I helped found Goda and am doing my project to kind of get them to learn about it. So it's more that they're interested, but they just don't know how to do a meta mask and that kind of stuff. Are you, are you, uh, are you like take, taking them step by step? Are you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we will be hosting several events where, you know, we help people They can come in and set up MetaMask and we're going to do some live Zoom stuff like that where we can screen share and walk people through it. It's going to be a long process. I know this won't happen overnight, but I know once that crowd will get onboarded, you know, it's no stopping from there. It's like it's so fun and, you know, they'll be very interested once they're in the space. Yeah, you see, this is this is this is why I love having like big traditional artists on up on space. I definitely love picking y'all's brain about this. Like, we get to ha you know, like these also on stage here with a lot of spaces with, with you know Web three native like crypto artists. Set up. We get to talk to them all the time because they're here. But like big trad artists, you know, they don't come around that often. So when we have them, it's like I just love picking your brain about that because it's there's such a like I feel like there's such a divide still like between the two worlds, right? And I'm wondering what it would take to really fully onboard them into this world so you said most of them just don't really understand the tech right yeah i think it's education and then more contemporary artists just showing them showing them what a project could look like you know i, I think that's the biggest thing more contemporary artists get in the space but it's and having exposure around their projects and then literally might just have to sit down with collectors one by one and show them on the computer like this is how you transfer ethereum to your wallet and, and all these things um but i'm very sure it will be worth it in the long term you know and putting in that work and that time to educate those collectors around the nft space hell yeah well you know we love education here at rug radio so todd i'm gonna hit you up after this okay <laughs> sounds good <laughs> no, yeah, okay, but you know it's 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 super important it's very important because we do want like we don't it's not like kind of like 
the trad art versus the you know this this new art world it's more like yo let's all kind of like keep building on top of what y'all built before you know the nft space came into play and and be able to uh to, to grow together i know jimmy we've shared a couple conversations about that since the clubhouse days definitely want to get into that mando um, did you have? I I think you had a couple questions for for Nina here. Sorry, I got slightly rugged during answering the questions, but I wanted to know how how Goda got formed. Like, uh, how did you and Jimmy start working together? How how did the whole uh, how did the whole organization take place? Well, Goda was born out of me trying to figure out how to create a NFT project. So. And me figuring, you know, trying to figure that out. How do I do it? Where do I start? Who are the developers to help me? I start to amass, like, different contacts. And then I said, well, this should be a, a thing we do to help other artists, you know. So we had such a great team um, that I pulled together just to help me with my own personal project that I felt like we were on to something great where we could help other artists from start to completion and to then even helping them you know, continue to make sure that, that their project is successful. Okay, so it's going to be like a, a platform with which a bunch of different uh, contemporary artists could maybe come on, um, which haven't made their first drop into NFTs and are going to do it through just because you make it so easy for them uh, with the infrastructure you set up. Yeah, I mean, maybe not so easy. I mean, it's a, I mean, it's, we're trying to, create the environment that is comfortable for a contemporary artist who has no clue how to even start in the world and also for to give artists opportunity to kind of innovate within the space themselves so we have a bunch of artists in queue like having tons of meetings with our developers just to pick their brains and push them even in fact on what the possibilities of nfts are so it is like getting new, you know, artists new to the world, but also for them to embrace it as a, a new medium, which they will continue to work with in their studio. That's so cool. I love that. Because a lot of them, like we were talking, like a lot of them might be scared to even make a jump in the space, right? And I feel like by having an organization... 100%. Yeah. Like, yeah, like a lot of them are probably like, oh, I don't know. Or a lot of them, honestly, I've spoken to tons of trad artists, like whether they're big or not, like they're... They're actually, it's almost like they're bullied by collectors or like the old, you know, mentality and galleries and this and that, like to not go down that route, you know? And it's like so many gatekeepers, right? Um, in, in, in the space prior to that. So it's like to have like perhaps like a company or something by you. And then you have obviously the advisors like, you know, Pharrell and Cause. I mean, come on. And, and, and they're probably like, well, maybe there's something there for me too. <laughs> No, I mean, I think it was very appropriate. I mean, with Todd also being right in the middle of the contemporary art world and Brian Cause in particular, like having being a pioneer of moving from, you know, the fine art space to commercial world and navigating those two worlds successfully, I feel like artists would be a little more comfortable to know that, you know, me and Brian were kind of working together. And so... Um, yeah, I'm just excited to help artists take the leap, you know, as I'm doing it myself, too. Yeah, I love that. This is super exciting. Todd, actually, now that you, you know, you, you talked about Todd, Todd, we had the chance to connect uh, a few weeks back to chat about what Goda's up to. Uh, you know, congratulations on your launch. I think we spoke pre-launch and now it's like, whoa, this whole thing. I mean, you guys, you guys did a launch. It was really cool. Very well organized. It was one East Mint. I think that the, the past went all the way to 11 ETH. 
And, you know, all the group chats were talking about it. Like, go to, look at this, look at the names behind it. And then, you know, I got to pick your brain. You're a gallerist yourself. Russ plus Kramer is your gallery in New York. I think you were the Doodles Day activations with your, with your gallery, if I'm not mistaken, during an FTNYC. Uh, maybe you want to, you know, maybe introduce yourself and talk to us about, you know, what you've what you've done as a gallerist and what you do in the art space. Yeah, sounds great. Hey, guys. So uh, I'm Todd Kramer. Uh, as Broke said, you know, one of the co-owners of <clears throat> Ross Kramer Gallery. We have a gallery in New York City in East Hampton, New York, and we're opening in Miami this fall. Um, and, you know, very similar to Nina, you know, I've been crypto native probably since 2016, I want to say. Um, and, you know, like she said, COVID's happening, Clubhouse is rampant, and it's all NFTs, and I became hooked. Um, and, you know, not to kind of regurgitate what Nina stated, but here we were, Nina was really interested in creating a project, and the thought was where, how, when, and, you know, really where it had meaning. And for me, you know, I'm really interested in kind of this punk rock ethos. I think my gallery kind of has that. And, and what I mean by that is there's a, you know, the institution is very insulated. Um, you know, the tastemakers in the traditional art world um, at the time were kind of looking very negatively on NFTs. And I was like, fuck this. I, I think they're wrong. Like very similar to some of the artists I show who may not be, you know, born from the vein of the institution, but now are, you know, are breaking through. And we were like, we're going to run this. Um, so, you know, that's kind of just how it was born. And for me, you know, what I was watching take place was a lot of traditional artists kind of coming into the space, tokenizing existing work and saying, like, here I am, I'm a traditional artist, I'm the best. And that wasn't working. And, you know, we really needed to find a way where we created this platform to help teach artists really what the space is about. I mean, if you ask a traditional artist what Discord is, I want to say 95% don't even know what that is. Um, and they so, don't want to know. Don't bring him. You know, it's really, really funny. A year ago, like, dude, you're out of your mind. Like, no, this isn't, you know, for me. Now, I think, you know, especially like with Nina, who's like known as a trailblazer in general, um, you know, I think we're starting to gain more and more interest. I think Nina phrases it best when she uses the term, I'm looking at smart contracts and NFT technology as a new medium, um, you know, similar to, you know, sculpture or painting or printmaking or collage, as she, you know, expressed earlier. And I think that that's what we're trying to really do. And, you know, explain what the technology, you know, what's in this technology, what's embedded there, what all, like, you know, the world of possibilities that, you know, an incredible creative can, you know, can explore with. Yeah, I love that. It's, uh, I mean, Richard from Manifold talks about that a lot. He calls them smart, like with capital A, <clears throat> smart contracts, right? And he treats them as art, this new medium. And, and, and you know, it really redefines ownership. I mean, Nita herself, when I was asking you, you know, what, what you love most about the space is how you can continuously reward your collectors, but also like know who they are and you know where they come from. And there's like there's a more personal approach, no? Yeah, for sure. And you know, I mean, like Nina's very humble, by the way. Um, she just yeah, definitely. Her, she just dropped her little Jordan collab, you know, in there for a second, but that's pretty massive. I think your rap her raffle goes live today, and the collection's insane. Um, but you know, like I think Cosmo said it recently, but like. You know, there's value like in art and there will always be value in art. And so for me, you know, bringing who I believe are some of the most incredible creatives, you know, who I guess, you know, in a lot of cases have like real, you know, 
inherent value in their existing practice to this space, I think is really important. So like, you know, Nina being humble, I mean, Nina's in the permanent collections of the MoMA, of the Met, of the Whitney, of the LACMA. I mean, I can list probably 25 museums that collect her work already. Um, and, you know, she has auctions, you know, that go as high as like, you know, a million dollars, let's say. So like, you know, for her, like she has this value in her practice. Nina, I'm actually curious to see where your Jordans go secondary after they, after they sell. Wait, wait, um, who's got the Jordan plug? Hold up. I got Nina on stage right now. Hey. <laughs> I was waiting for it to get to this conversation, this part of the conversation. Ed's back. But, you know, so like, I think just like, you know, art, the value is in the art and the value is in these creators. And, you know, I don't think the value is necessarily in hyping something and making it seem like the greatest. Like, it's like, no, this is a creator who's in all these major museums who already has a massive collecting, a collecting base, you know, traditionally. This is like the perfect storm, in my opinion. It's actually perfect combo. And, and I love yeah. that. And oh, Ed, go ahead. I know Ed's dying to speak. I mean, we need been... people to hype Nina up because Nina obviously. Yeah, y'all not hype them. Y'all not hype enough. This is actually. I can't do all the hyping. I'm, yeah, I'm like, what? I'm hyping <laughs> it. Um, <laughs> man, I just want to. You've been in this space for so long, as I'm hearing, and I'm upset because I'm like, what? How did I not know? But that's okay. It's cool. I, I like how you, you know, you're navigating the space. I think for one thing, it's more so of like you're coming in here. And you're really like, oh, I want to see how I can I can really bridge this gap. And I think for a good amount of us, it's um, okay. We're in Web three, and we're like, okay, we're moving, we're doing this, and we're you know we're trying to figure out how to how to you know deal with Web three. But here we have you that kind of understands. Well, we say Web two or Web Web one, whatever. But you understand that, and you force yourself to understand what Web three is. And you are now in a community, and you're like, okay, how can I bridge this gap? the right way and the appropriate way and i think that's amazing um and you know i i think a lot of us really can use you as an example of how we can do that on top of that right you are in the traditional world and that's another just another level uh man i i i you know i think i'm i'm doing a lot of fanboying right now but you definitely deserve that because this is not an easy task whatsoever the tech is hard um, having to force yourself to learn. You were on Clubhouse, and I think Clubhouse is ghetto as hell, but you forced yourself to be on Clubhouse to learn all these things. And then, <laughs> It wasn't like that man. before, Ed. It wasn't like that a year ago. <laughs> we had good times back in the day Listen, Clubhouse. Clubhouse, y'all cannot convince me it's going to be ghetto until whatever. Um, but, you know... Ed, Ed, it, Ed, it, it took us two months to convince you to use Discord. Now you have your own. Hey, hey I'm not done with my with my, my fanboy spill on Nina. Um I can't wait. This is awesome. This Jordan, though, like, can we get a little bit of, you know, the touch of, like, the, the clap with that? Or is that, like, alpha that we cannot learn about until later? No, sure. Um, I mean, you can go on my site, ninamerch.com, right now and enter in a raffle. You can get notifications sent on Sneakers app. The release happens on July 8th. Um, and winners announced from my Nina merch site will be on July 7th. Um, and yeah, the Jordan collab, I'm from Chicago area. So it's like a dream come true. And, you know, I set out to kind of use Jordan to open up, you know, to a, I think an underrepresented demographic of maybe ex-athletes or non-athletes who still want to rep the brand. So I tried to take the two into a more, 
like luxury sneaker make it more wearable um and so yeah so i'm super excited for the jordan collab and i hope you can support oh hell yeah so that was nina nina merch.com I, yeah. check I was just checking out actually it's uh it's really really cool i i just like the art style and i obviously love the colors that you've picked um, so dope. And, can I ask yeah. Nina a question too? Yeah, Nina, first, amazing work as always, and so happy you're in the space and didn't rush in too, which I think whether traditional artists, athletes, celebrity, like spending the actual time, like it's nice seeing people do it right and you surround yourself with like good folks in the space, Jimmy and Todd. So excited to see what you continue to do. Um, one question on it though is how do you see, like, I, I know you've had a lot of, like, traditional collectors from outside the space. And I'm curious, like, what you think, like, the difference of a relationship will be with collectors in the NFT space. Because um, as we've seen, like, a great example, I was with Farouk when he bought a piece from Drift. And the next thing I know, he's on a phone call with him. Like, do you find this as a way to, like, be more connected with your actual collectors around the world than in the past? Or do you already have a pretty strong, like, relationship with your traditional collectors um, I think it's a way to be more connected. Like I'm always now, now that I learned Discord, I'm always hopping in there and getting a chance to talk to the community. Um, also, like, you know, I hope to host some in-person events or holders now get to come to my actual exhibitions that I have, you know, over the next four years or come see my mural project. So, you know, usually in the traditional space, I know my collectors, but it's not like I get to see them often or engage with them often outside of just Instagram occasionally. So I think my project will offer an opportunity for, you know, like deeper engagement for sure. Yeah. It's so exciting to see. Speaking of which, now let's talk about this project. I mean, you know, we've been hyping the people up for the last 20 minutes. Obviously I wanted to first, you know, dive deep into your, into, you know, what got you in space and, and go to, et cetera. I'm looking at the website right now. Nina's super cool, sorry, Nina's super cool world. And so it's obviously a generative PFP-based uh, project created as an alternative way to interact with fans and collectors. So definitely love that because you were talking about it as well. It's about 50, it's, it's about 5,000 pieces dropping July 13th, the date of your mother's birthday. I love that. I love that it says that on the website too. It's super cute. Um, so do you want to maybe talk about, you know, Nina's super cool world? Sure. So for my super cool world, I literally hand created over 150 different elements and then worked directly with an illustrator to then edit them fur further and digitize them. And then so to, you know, then create the generative uh, PFPs. Um, so I'm very excited to see my work come to life in that way. Um, there will be 5,080 um different nfts um each will have a number assigned zero through 99 so those numbers at any given moment could mean anything i could randomly pick the 23s drop you know send you some jordans who knows but oh my god <laughs> but i wanted to make it fun so just the rares don't get all the fun it's kind of going to be very spontaneous so as i keep doing shows whatever elements within the nfts may be relevant might get called out for fun stuff um what else i mean i'm very excited like i'm doing mural projects so i'm gonna eventually do stuff where nft holders can be engaged if they actually hit the streets and come to my murals around different locations and 
it's just a way to get everyone engaged in the physical world and in the reverse in the digital world. So as I continue to do projects in my actual art career, you know, the NFT holders will be right alongside me to participate in some form of another. I don't know if y'all feel, I feel like this is so much fun. I, I don't know. Like I, I'm getting <laughs> so much fun from this. <laughs> I'm too nervous Ohio. to be hype. This project sounds so cool. And I mean, I just think that it's so important, Nina. So nice to meet you. And your art is incredible. Um, just like having artists who are super well known coming into the space and really trying to, um, you know, lift everybody up and bring more people. This is so important, especially right now, I think. Um, anyway, you can probably hear the nervous in my voice. Sometimes if I haven't spoken in the morning, I'm just like so nervous. But I'm, I mean, your, your work is incredible and this project is so cool. You know, and I think that something that's interesting here is, you know, like we talk about kind of like this cross-pollination and, you know, we're using the term like bridge the gap. And I think what's interesting also is going to be like, I'll call it like a reverse bridge, you know, like a Web3 collector, a Web3 player who might feel intimidated. Like going to galleries is intimidating. I don't know how many people even go to galleries, but for the most part, like you walk in, they're all white. Someone's not looking at you, staring at a computer. It's just, you don't feel very comfortable. And I think it's going to be really interesting to not only bring, I guess we'll call them IRL, Web1, whatever, like those collectors into Web3. But I also think it's going to be really interesting to bring the Web3 collectors to Nina's shows IRL and like a place that's like super inclusive and welcoming. Um, you know, it's like Nina has a big museum exhibition, a solo at the ICA Miami this year during Basel, Miami. And I, you know, I would envision something there where, you know, encourage, where the holders are encouraged to come, whether it's, you know, we'll figure that out down the road. But, you know, I'm just very interested in kind of like cross pollination in both directions. I want to hop up and say, uh, I'm super stuck on this. Yeah, Froke, I, I told Froke, I was like, yo, I'm such a big fan of you, Nina. Um, I was nervous to come on stage, but um, no, Todd, what you said about the bridge, I, I keep telling people, like, people often say bridge the gap that are coming from the world that, like you said, like, will post a JPEG of a painting they sold four years ago and then be like, oh, cool, here's the NFT version. I don't think that's the right way to do it. And I, I always say that, like, the bridge works both ways, you know, like, you have to be able to go back and forth and Nina what you're doing sounds exactly like that um I was lucky enough to see the uh Tupac collab you did at at uh LACMA and that was so fucking awesome and I just love like what Ed said um you know oftentimes when you see a bigger name coming from the traditional world it's like you know maybe they've been coached a few things and they have like the few lines that they're supposed to say of like community and this and that but like what you're saying is very genuine and like to hear that you were, you know, lurking around the clubhouse days and like, just kind of like, you know, not jumping in, uh, you know, like to sell something, but more about like, let me take it all in and see, see what the space is about and like approach it the right way. I think this is beautiful. I think uh, also what Lindsay said, this is a great time to do it because a, the space is pretty quiet right now. Cause everyone's like, you know, it, it's a bear market, but I think that uh, the creator's, thrive in this market because we get to build and it's not about like you know some sort of headline that everyone else sees from the outside it's what's going on here and um yeah just want to say congrats and obviously like goda is so sick um i've been texting nick adler about it since i've seen it i love it and yeah congrats to the team thank, thank you. you i'm a size six and a half 
<laughs> just kidding. Hey, uh, I feel <laughs> rugged right now. Y'all don't ship to Canada. I'm like, damn, I went to the to the whole thing to the end. Says so doesn't ship to Canada. I know y'all got no luck. <laughs> no, sorry, that's not it's funny. okay. Um, you know, this makes me more bullish on it that it doesn't ship to Canada. <laughs> Shut up, thanks. <laughs> and, but um, <laughs> no, but I'm really excited for for for, for the project you're coming up. Um, Nina, it's uh, it sounds really cool. Any any like details, you know, before we we go to more questions, perhaps like any details, maybe Todd or Nina or Jimmy, you guys want to talk about in terms of like how to how to enter and you know what yeah. to do, this and that, just that little stuff. Yeah. So so you know, we launched the Go to Mint Pass two or three weeks ago, um, and what the Mint Pass you know enabled you know users was you know guaranteed access or allow list slots on upcoming projects. So in Nina's case, you know, Mint Pass holders are going to be able to mint two of Nina's works. Um, they're, like we said, the collection size is 5,080 and the price is going to be 0.5 ETH for her work. Um, and after that, you can, you can, anyone else can sign up to a raffle. I believe the site went live just before the rug radio started. Um, so if you go to the goda.io, um, the goda.io, you should be able to sign up for the raffle. And the release, you know, people will be notified a few days beforehand. It's all, it's all on there. And then the 13th is the actual release. And I'm guessing reveal will be like two days after that. I love that. Quick reveal. Yeah. And, you know, like something, you know, just, you know, which is interesting because, you know, in terms of pricing, you know, like what I'm really interested in, what I'm excited about is like, you know, I call it like a starter price for Nina Chanel. You know, you're talking about, you know, Nina, I'm sorry to gas you up positively, but like, you know, Nina works with Pace Prints, who's, you know, the best print house, print shop, you know, in the world. You know, they work with every major artist, Nara, Cause, I mean, the list goes on, Jonas Wood, um, you know, and like Nina's starting print prices now, like editions of 35, I think is, you know, primary is anywhere between 50 and 60,000. And now they're selling for around 100. So it was really like important to us to like, you know, to not go crazy and to create a price where everyone can get in and everyone can participate and, you know, and we're with like, you know, the walls to entry, the barriers to entry being relatively low. But for me, this is like the cheapest way you can get in on Nina <laughs> right now um, will be this mint, you know, in anything that she creates. So that's something that I'm excited about. But that's an interesting point too, right? I think it's to make maybe Nina's work accessible to like, a first of all, new collector base. And then also to people who perhaps always wanted to collect your work, Nina, I think that's also like something pretty interesting that NFTs allow you to do. It's like, yeah, it's edition based, but it's cool. It's generative. So technically each piece is unique. And then we can just collect your work, you know, without necessarily being able to afford like the million dollar pieces that you sell uh, elsewhere. So it's like, it's, um, I think, um, I think there's a, that's a interesting component to it. Um, what you do you know think? What it is? It's like, it's mm-hmm. like when uh, this is, this is the easiest time to, that's going to be to get a Nina piece. Like, this is the entry point, you know, like I have the go to pass and I'm definitely not selling it. Cause I want to get a Nina piece. I obviously can't afford an IRL Nina piece. So I'm, I'm stoked to be a part of like the story. Yeah. And I think that the hard, you know, and I do, and I do think, you know, in terms of like the transition from a lot of IRL artists into, you know, web three, I think hardware, you know, like there's a race for hardware right now, you know, for displays. And I, you know, I envision that, you know, by the end of the year, there's going to be, you know, you know, many options where people will actually be able to live with these the same way they would live with the print and feel as if they're living with a piece of, you know, digital art or a digital collectible. Um, and I'm really excited about the prospects of that as well. 
Yeah, I'm hyped to see what you do with all this, Nina. Maybe Nina could talk a little bit about the rarities or a little bit about what she was thinking. Oh, yo, definitely do talk about Alpha. (laughs) Um, So there will be a top 100. It will be 10 different images and 10 different colorways. And then after that, it will be other rarities amongst the other, what, 4,980. And so... I don't know. I want to give too much away for the rarities. I want people to scramble and not know <laughs> what's what after reveal. That's part of the fun. But um, yeah, some of the rares, I, I personally will hope to get one myself. Um, you know, I'm, I will say we have some astronauts in there that I'm very excited about. Potentially an opportunity for me and Tom Sachs to collaborate on some fun stuff. And then that's it. I won't give you any more. I'll wait for a reveal day, you know. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm hype about that. Jimmy, I want to talk to Jimmy for a second. Jimmy, what do you make of all this? I know you're part of the advisory team here at Goda. Obviously, you've been in the space for a minute, quite a collector yourself. You know, I love that you're part of this. Honestly, it's like perfect fit. Yeah, it's really been a great, you know, journey so far. And I'm excited that we're at this point now. Um, you know, I think mid passes are great. It, it's like fun because, you know, you're going to be a part of it if you get one. But Really now this first Genesis launch is, is the one and Nina's, you know, kind of like she's been talking about, has been talking about, you know, for this uh, space is that, you know, we've been doing this for, you know, together now since I think October, if I'm not mistaken, was the first time I sat down with Nina and we talked about this and then, you know, she started to realize this could be something bigger. I was there when that kind of epiphany took place, I think. And um, it's been really a great journey seeing the way that she's evolved her project to respond to the way that the market has as well. Um, I'm not sure if it was mentioned, but I think it started out as a 10 K drop as a concept months ago, and it's now been whittled down to something a little bit more intimate. And um, I think it fits like what's going on currently. And uh, I'm excited for kind of like Todd said, it's like, you know, access to such an amazing artist um, at a, a, a economy price. Um, and I'm, I'm excited because I'm also, a collector of Nina's and seeing I've become a collector of hers since I got into this space and since I met her. But um, I, I'm, you know, excited that this is crossing over in that traditional art to um, real artist sense. And, and also like cause is not just an advisor on this. He's a partner on the platform. Um, you know, Pharrell's a partner on the platform, you know, getting to speak to them about their craft and teaching them a little bit about the NFT craft has been really incredible and an honor. Yeah, this is, it must be really cool working with all these these artists that have really done the damn thing uh, for years and that are now coming into this new space. It must be fun for you to onboard them. I mean, because you're you're the it's like it's like you know you go from like enjoying their art to being the expert in the space that people rely on, right? And so yeah, but it's really incredible to watch these artists work. Like having been in some of their studios and everything else, and just seeing their art, like the attention to detail and everything matters and. Um, it's down to the pixel and I, you know, seeing that just natively expressed in the way that Nina's, um, you know, d- approached this project, you know, even just like the pictures on the website, like things were off by like literally a few pixels and she was giving that feedback to adjust that. And um, that's something I've seen consistently across these really successful artists is just that, that deep, deep, deep attention to detail and everything matters so much. And that explains in part why they're so successful um, because, you know, you, their art is such high quality and, 
um, so well done and they have something to say that they're able to express. So yeah, it, it's really a great opportunity. And like Nina said, there's a bunch of artists in the pipe that are lined up. And um, I think that it's really going to be great because this is a evolution of, you know, we had native, native NFT artists like X copy and, you know, for example, that are incredible. Um, but bringing this traditional art world into the space is also really important for us to continue to evolve and bring NFTs into the mainstream. Hell yeah. You know, I keep, I keep just thinking about like traditional, you know, versus native web three and, and I kind of feel like the importance for me and, and I don't know if everybody feels this way, but, you know, it, it feels like when I go out into the world, when I'm not on spaces and, and I'm speaking with people or I'm brave enough to go into a gallery, that the vibe is still um, kind of, there's a lot of haters. There's a lot of haters on this. And so, you know, for me, the the big importance is that onboarding that, that I already talked about and 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 really like just the significance and also the bra- the bravery because it means that that the artists who are successful in galleries and museums um, are really they don't need to come do this you know you don't need to be here um, but the onboarding and the belief and and the belief in what we all believe in and why we're here um, and and it it's hard it's hard to deal with the haters you know um I kind of, I don't know, I, I, I've dealt with that very lightly and it was, it was a week ago and I'm like, this sucks. So I can only imagine on a, on a scale. Um, but, but the onboarding is just so, so, so important. And, you know, I would also love to see thank you X up here, just kind of really nervous. I mean, he's such a great artist and, um, I'm such a big fan of his, I guess he just left. I don't know what happened. Maybe he got robbed, but but it was, I forced him up. He's never been nervous like that. And, and <laughs> yeah, it's so cool to see him. He's such a fan of your work, Nina. And um, and I'm just looking at this project, and I'm I'm bummed. I'm not a go to pass haver. So that is a goal. That's a goal to, of mine. Um, and this project just seems so great. I could just go on and on and on. I could, but I'm not going to. But thanks for letting me. <laughs> so Nina. I, I'd love to ask you before you know. I don't want to. I want to. I don't want to hold you much longer, uh, Nina. I'd love to ask you maybe if you had some 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 last words for for the people that are listening to. You. There's quite a lot of people here, and it's recorded, so people will hear it after too. But some words, uh, you know, for the space or any anything you're looking forward to, or what 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 really excites you here? I mean, I'm excited about Discord. I've been listening to the community popping in, so. I'm glad that, you know, we have the opportunity to get real feedback from the community and like in real time, maybe make some adjustments and, you know, consider like the needs of the community. Um, I'm very excited again to bridge the gap in both directions and, you know, excited like to maybe be part of the the steps of like, like not adhering to like a frenetic crypto market and just being able to proudly hold NFT art without being worried about necessarily its value fluctuating. So we're really trying to create something that's very sustainable where 
you know, you're just active in it. Um, and we're here for longevity, not at the whim of a quick flip, though, if that's what you want to do, no worries. But, um, you know, we're here for a slow build. I mean, I've been working on my art since 2007. And so some of my first paintings were sold for $400. So, you know, we're, you know, I'm in it to win it and just really for the longevity of it all. Come on, somebody. That's a word. Hell yeah. Those are some words, right? There, especially for the artists listening. You know, I love that. 2007, you know, you, you were talking about your art sign for 400 bucks. So I think this is inspiring. Thank you. Nina Chanel Abney, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for coming up on the morning show so on Fuck Radio. We appreciate you and we'll be supporting you on July 13th. That's for sure. Todd, thank you so much, bro. You know, it's all love here. I can't wait to chat with you further, help you educate, help you on board. Like, it's really been a pleasure to have y'all. Like, it's uh, really, really, really excited for what y'all got going on. Well, thanks for having us. We're excited, too. And, you know, we have a lot coming in the pipeline, so it's going to be exciting. Punk rock. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you got a bunch of stuff in the pipeline. That's, uh, that's going to be dope to watch. Jamie, love you, King. Appreciate you. Thank you for coming, always. Uh, yeah, much- man. Jimmy was one of the first people on board me in the space. I love this man. Um, <laughs> it wasn't me. That's good. Pardon? I thought I onboarded you. That's cool. <laughs> I thought you onboarded me? You want to go there, Ed? You did no, onboard not, you. Not in front of Nina. Jesus. Not in front of Nina. Hold on. We got, a, we got a really respectable artist up on stage, okay? Not you. I'm talking about Nina. Uh, and uh, <laughs> 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 But next topic. You know, we had one more topic up uh, up on the up on the um, on the show today before I botched it on the topics. My 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 line made no sense, but I guess I I'm pretty bad at copy pasting the clickbait titles that Mando sends me. Commercial rights. You know, we talk about commercial rights a lot. The 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 conversation really really took a different dimension last year with Body Piao Club with the IP and everything, but lately it's been it's been coming up a lot more. And the artifact yesterday released uh, the commercial rights for the clones that are non. Murakami traits are they worth that much? Mando Ovi, I don't know if y'all wanted to kind of intro uh, the topic. Yo, this is just on the back of the uh, Clonex thing yesterday that they gave up um, full commercial rights to the 3D avatars. Um, I guess Sobi, Sobi, you're a big, you're a big Clonex guy. All I, all I thought is that for some reason the force seemed to go down on the back of this um, for Clonex, or at least didn't really do anything. Do, do we think this is really worth that much for that many projects? I think even for Bored Apes, it can be kind of tenuous if you, if you think they're worth that, that much. And I know there was a big deal when they were given up for punks. But, um, yeah, I guess I guess the, it's more a rhetorical question. Like, do, do people actually think they're going to make something really super valuable off the back of their Clonex? Well, I, I think one thing... So, like, I, I actually agree with you. I think the whole commercial rights thing is actually such cap for the most part, like, the one person I know who's really fucking good at making money off of their ape is Tropo. Like, he is, like, the king of that shit. And I think there's, like, there's probably a few other people I'm missing out in the community that are really good at it as well. But I think, you know, it's very few far in between, like, the amount of people that are able to, like, leverage these IP rights. And I think part of that is, like, the clone stuff, I think, is particularly interesting in the sense they gave you the 3D files. I think that's pretty cool, actually. And they're fully rigged, and you can do a lot of things with them. Um, but I think... I'm, like, not the biggest fan of the commercial rights stuff because I think on the long tail it makes it very difficult to figure out, like, who has incentives to, like, build out the IP. 
Um, but I think the I think the Clonex thing was cool. I also think that when they first launched, people were really upset because it was like you can make up to a million dollars with commercial rights, and then you have to ask for permission. It's like no one's made a million dollars off of their clone. I think maybe a few people probably made a million dollars off of their apes, like minting derivatives and stuff. Um, but I'm really interested in the fact that they released fully rigged 3D models. I like that because I think it, it, it's more... Like, I'd love to see Yuga do that as well. Actually, I think they probably will with the uh, other side coming up. Um, or other world or whatever the fuck it's called. And I think, like, that's interesting because that's more of, like, open metaverse type stuff. Like, you have these 3D files that can be integrated into games. Like, I'm hiring 3D animators right now to do stuff with my clones. So I'm looking forward to that. Are you still going to have your clone dunking on eight or what? Yeah, dude. I'm just trying to get... I'm trying to find a, a nice one from OSF, Amanda's collection. Dunk on. <laughs> you should use the one Mando always used to use the Captain Hardware, the black one, and then with the the robe, the red robe. That's their main apes. Yeah, I'll, I'll send it. I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you, so You can you can do the animation. Oh my! This conversation I can tell is a banger, Mando. Look at how many hands are raised. I don't even know where to go with this. <laughs> I'll say. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say something, but I'm not gonna say it. Let me just. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to Ella because you came up on stage for this. What's up, K? Really, <laughs> never mind. Yo, what's good, man? Yeah, this is the convo, bro. Like, this is it. Like, you know, I'm bullish on commercial rights because, especially being a board eight member, like that was the thing that got me excited is I could actually do what I want with this thing while these guys are building on top of a, a four billion dollar brand. To me, that's super exciting, man. Like, it's not like they're going to stop building. And as they keep building, people may not understand the, the value of it fully yet, but there's people like Bored and Hungry, Bored Tacos that are really using it on the on the food side of things. And as we continue to scale out and Bored Apes become mainstream, then a lot more people are going to see the value of, oh, shit, I could take my ape and license it here, do this with it. I'm making my apes artists, so... I'm super bullish on the idea. I've never seen a space or a brand or a company or anybody do some shit like this. So it's super exciting for me. I mean, hell, even 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 Snoop Dogg's out there doing a bunch of stuff with his ape. <laughs> yeah, Snoop and Snoop and Eminem and M doesn't M doesn't fuck with shit like that. So the fact that he saw the value of that is it should be telling to a lot of people. Yeah, I think that this is my favorite topic in the space. Hi, Ella. Good morning. GM, GM, everybody. GM. <laughs> um, I who said? Sorry, who said something about um being able to leverage uh to to leverage the IP? And I think that that's that's the part that's really really important is when you already have the infrastructure if i already have the infrastructure um like i licensed my ape to diamond supply co and it was in all the zoomies and and they already had the infrastructure there in order to design the t-shirts and get it in stores and all of that um you know so when that infrastructure isn't there it's it's hard it is hard to actually leverage this uh you know the the commercial license that you get and again i believe it's you know it's a is it an exclusive it's an exclusive commercial license you know as long as you you hold um that asset the thing and i'm just going to give a little plug for warps and warp sound is we did it with the ai music and 
you know, immediately we saw people write like making songs out of out of the music that we gave them. And I think that in music, it's going to be big. I think that that's somewhere um, where beats and, you know, Illa, your project as well, um, can be used in, in a way like I just think it's going to take some time. But I think that um, those types of, of licenses are going to be really interesting and in seeing how this whole thing plays out. And and also, it is playing out, um, you know, not not on the music side, but on, on the ape side. And, and the thing that scares me a little bit about um, giving commercial rights, you know, as a commercial photographer, where my rights, um, you know, not not in the space, I haven't whatever, but <laughs> is, is that pressure that, you know, if everybody that you have to give the commercial rights, which I just, I think for the right project, yes, or for specific projects, if it makes sense, yes. But, um, you know, I think that uh, not all artists or not all art, not all projects should have to do that or do have to do that or even make sense to do that at all. It's like, sometimes it's like, why? So, I don't know. That's just kind of my thoughts. Yeah, I'll just add here. I just want to um, double down on what Illa was saying. Um, I think what we've been seeing over the past, you know, couple of weeks, and then culminating with Artifacts, uh, new legal terms, which I kind of went through very, very, in a very detailed way. I, I think they set the new standard for um, what a Web3 legal terms of service looks like for a shared economy. Um, it's, to me, one of the most significant developments we've seen in Web3 today. Now, I'll say this. That was my thesis coming into Web3, both on, like, you know, the you know, tech founder side, but also on the collector side. Like, the, only, the main reason, before I even saw a picture of what a board ape looked like, I heard that they flipped the script on IP licensing. I'm like, you know, that's amazing. I want to check this out. And, um, and then that's what brought me in. The thing that's happening now, if you look at it from like a more broader economic landscape, um, it's an extension of what we've been seeing in industry over time, starting with franchising, right? So franchising, you can like have a, let's say, uh, McDonald's or KFC leveraging not only the infrastructure, but the brand equity from the company. Then that accelerated to the shared economy where now you own an item like a house or a car, and then you can commercialize that through Airbnb and Uber, what we're seeing now is the shared economy now kind of permeating the digital intellectual property space. And that's revolutionary. And so what I think in the, in the Clonex community, I'll tell you, it's one of the most creative individuals, like young, creative, like go-getters in that community who've been doing this, like even up till now, redesigning space pods and, you know, with the interior design, um, all of that has been happening. Like, like the customizers, are already like doing their own skins for the crypto kicks, et cetera. So now we live in a world where we get to leverage the brand equity of companies like Nike and Artifact, of companies like Board Ape Yacht Club, but also like with, with Artifact, the, some of the infrastructure because of the, not only the, the files they're providing us, but also the, like they're doing courses, like Blender courses and all of that. Um, it's truly, it's truly amazing. And I, I do think that like, if we talk about, you know, five, 10 years from now, like, the companies that are, you know, the, let's say 98% of the, com of the projects we see today will go to zero or close to zero, but the 2% that will survive will thrive, will be the next Amazons, Googles, et cetera. 
in my view, it's going to be uh, two big groupings, the technical infrastructure companies and then the companies that get this shared economy formula right. And I applaud what Artifact and Nike, by the way, going through Nike's legal, which is not the most easiest thing to do, we're able to get these terms of service out there. One thing I'll mention about the, the kind of really pivotal thing they did, which is they removed the cap on the revenue and what they replaced it with, which then kind of shined some light on what the intent was for the cap, um, they, uh, was the eligibility requirements. So the eligibility requirements were not only to be a holder, but then also to have uh, less than 1,500 employees and less than $40 million in annual revenue. So basically, they don't want to set up a situation where, you know, large companies can just come in. Let's like the most ironic version would be like Adidas comes in, buys a, a Clone X and then creates a whole like Adidas Clone X line. Right. Like that would be ridiculous. So that seemed to be the intent from the beginning, but they kind of updated it more precisely to, to reflect that. So there's no cap on individual collectors, which is also cool because it empowers indie creatives uh, to kind of, you know, build uh, within their ecosystem. I'm excited. One, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry, Greg. Um, just to give you a bit of background about me, I, I'm, uh, I've been in intellectual property law for some ten years, and um, along with a number of other people that are up here now, like Villa and Dado and, and Justin, we've sort of been in lots of spaces over the last couple of weeks about the um, commercial rights usage with um, Board Ape and RRBAYC. And so I think one of the things that we need to be careful of before we get too ahead of ourselves is to really define the the either the copyright or the commercial use rights that holders get. Because, for example, with BAYC, a lot of holders actually think that they're being granted some kind of copyright in their, in their apes, and they're actually not. They're just given uh, a fairly limited commercial use right, which... Um, in certain circumstances, can cause some 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 issues. For example, um, I'll give you one with the the board ape, um, the board and hungry restaurant. If somebody across the road from the board ape uh, restaurant opened up and used the same ape image for their restaurant, the owner couldn't actually go and sue them for breach of copyright because they're not actually they're not actually assigned or licensed any copyrights. They would have to go back to to Yuga and say, Yuga, my commercial you, my commercial rights uses are being infringed. You own the copyright. Can you go and sue them? And so I think that um, while while Yuga and Board Ape have done a really good job at sort of promoting this commercial use right, they've sort of been a little bit silent about about what actual rights are being transferred to holders. And so I think that we really need to see some clarity. Oh, yeah, wait, let me, I just need to, there are just some corrections that, just some factual stuff. So first of all, it's a very broad, it's not a limited, it's the most broad license I've mm, ever great. seen in the history of licenses. And I've reviewed a lot of licensing agreements because what the Yuga license does is it applies to derivatives. Derivative is legally defined term, which is actually very, very, very broad, which is kind of amazing. On the second point, as far as the, um, you know, if, if, if someone were to open up another restaurant a, a, across the street, um, cop this is this is just basic copyright law. Licensing is basically a contract. No, no one's saying that I've never heard from board apes. I've never heard any of my fellow board ape collectors think we actually own copyright. We have a license to commercial rights. Now, in any licensing situation, even let's say, you know, restaurants, for example, if I have a territory license in a restaurant, like at the end of the day, it's the main uh, uh, corporation that has the most legal standing in court. 
But there is legal standing for collectors. It's called tortious interference. And so tortious interference is a law that um, licensees can take advantage of, basically means that a third party is interfering with the contract that you have with the company you have a contract with. In this case, it would be interfering with uh, the holder's contract with Yuga Labs. So that that's available. I, by the way, I was going to mention another very significant, I didn't, this kind of flew under like under the radar for me, but like um, there's like the, the NFT collection Dope Ape Club was like kind of at number two for some time on OpenSea, which is, you know, uh, uh, which is authorized BAYC holders. Uh, you know, about five of them came together to, you know, build out this uh, Dope Ape Club collection with their license. And, you know, it's had 1,600 uh, ETH and secondary volume like in about five days or so. So we're already seeing kind of the fruits of of the shared IP. I would say that I like the, I mean, they might, and I'm sure they will just as Artifacts has up, upgraded and updated their agreement. I'm sure, you know, Yuga will continue to do that as well. I like the broadness because like I've never, you know, I've never seen this in the licensing world, but, um, but with broadness, it does, you know, yeah, it requires patrolling and we're seeing Yuga patrol right now as I think most holders like them to patrol. I, I want to add to that as well. I, 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 I would sorry, Lazy. I just want to say that, you know, opening up a restaurant is hard. So it, it would be, it would, it's not like it's something that's easy, you know, in the, in the t-shirt world, you might see somebody doing bootleg t-shirts or something like that. It's a little bit easier to do. And it's a little less likely that somebody would sue. It also sucks going to court and it's long and it's expensive for everyone. So, you know, where I, I understand that example, um, I think that it's, it's pretty unlikely that that would happen. Um, somebody, you know, using that particular ape, that same ape to open a restaurant across the street. Although, you know, uh, somebody could have another one and use theirs. And then, you know, and then we have a really interesting use case for this. And, and I, I don't think that what we're seeing and, and what Justin just lightly referred to, um, I, I don't think that this is going to be the last time that we see, um, you know, commercial licenses being defended or IP or copyright in the space um, since I stepped into here and stepped into Clubhouse. And by the way, I'm still in Clubhouse and I feel deeply offended. Um, yeah. I love you too. But, <laughs> but, but I'm going to say that, um, you know, it, it is, it's something that I've, I've thought. I'm like, wow, we are going to see some really interesting cases and we're going to see this play out in a really interesting way. And also we're going to see people, um, being respectful of these licenses. I mean, to be quite honest, when the, when they did their license, I was like, this feels so broad that it's scary. And I, th I'm surprised. I guess not humans are inherently good in my opinion and i'm i'm the things that did not happen with that license is is wild actually you know um so people have been pretty pretty respectful and um and yeah so i just wanted to add that part as well this is literally my favorite topic <laughs> yeah it's a great one i remember when Back when the apes came out, and you were like, IPs? Wait, what? What can we do with this? This and that. So it's been really cool to see um, where it's come. Actually, back in the days, back in the old days, 10 years ago, which means 12 months ago, with the, when when <laughs> when uh, it was like part of the pump, it was like, oh, hey, this project released IP rights. Whoa, let's go. Like, this was part of a thing. Same thing as stickers and hoodies back then. Now it takes a little more than that. But Dido, 
Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts. And then, Nina, I know you're still on stage. Maybe you had some thoughts on it. I'd love to hear your take uh, coming from the traditional art world, etc. But Dido, definitely go ahead. Hey, what's up? Thanks for bringing me up for OSF Mondo. Nice to see that everyone's back at work. Yeah, so I agree with Lindsay and Justin. This is my favorite fucking topic, and it's the reason I entered the space personally. Um, I Artifact wasn't even on my radar until I saw what they did yesterday in terms of releasing all of these assets to their holders so they can build on top of. And, and you know, what, what Illa said in terms of you know, somebody like Andy Nguyen, right, building a bored and hungry restaurant. I see the future where all of these franchises, whether it's restaurants, clothing stores, record stores, you name it, like ice cream shops, coffee shops, these are all going to be token-gated franchises. So today, if you want to open up a McDonald's, you have to go to Hamburger University and pay like a million bucks or some shit, right? In the future, if you want to open up a bored and hungry restaurant, you're going to have to have a fucking bored ape. And then, like, you know, Lindsay said, opening a restaurant is tough. So obviously they're going to have to school you and teach you how to do all that stuff. But yeah, this is what I love the most about this space. And, you know, it's, it's tough. What, what's really going to separate projects from others is how they can teach their community to use these assets. So you can see it on Twitter right now, right? Artifact holders are like, oh my God, I downloaded my 3D files, but I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to do with these things. <laughs> so that's, yeah. that's the next step. That's the evolution. And that's what I look forward to the most. That's what and it's a about. way to, sorry, oh. It's a way to engage the community. And, and Lazy, I, I also agree with you, like defining what that license is, is really important. And, and they did go back and I think there was a, some, some things that they changed, uh, particularly I'm talking about Yuga uh, with Bored Apes. They changed uh, and, and made that definition a little bit clearer for people and also a little bit a, a way to protect, um, you know, if they're doing some some things that are not cool then they have the right to revoke that license it is a license it is that's what it is and um and i think that it i saw a lot of people getting confused um with the dgen trilogy and what that license was and how to read these contracts um you know i've, I've been reading contracts ever since i started uh, in commercial photography and it they are pretty clear but sometimes it's confusing in the way that they're written um, if you're not used to, to reading them. And that's why there's lawyers. <laughs> so, you know, before anybody goes and starts a business, like a, a big business, like a restaurant, you know, um, with these licenses, it is really important to consult, um, you know, a, a lawyer, consult a, a, a IP lawyer in, in particular. Yeah, sure. No, no. They'll definitely continue to evolve. I mean, the the their, their license terms for the coders, for example, are much more um, lengthy and give a lot more um, information around the various uses. Whereas the, the original ones for board apes, they they obviously did a long time ago, back in I don't know April or May of last year. And the space has changed since then, and and how um, how people seek to use um, the commercial use rights have obviously um, gone a long way. In making um, the board ape collection what it is today. Yeah, and I think that they limited it, right? They said at first it was like you could only make two hundred fifty thousand off of it, and then they took that out, and then they and then they um, so they broadened it there, and then they restricted the license in other places. Which um, you know, I think that's just um, it's just a matter of them growing as a company as well. 
and getting those people around them that were like, whoa, <laughs> you maybe want to be a little careful here. And, and it's not to like screw over the community. I think it's really to protect the community, to be honest. Um, and I think that that's really interesting. I used to go into, um, you know, these contract negotiations with lawyers and I just thought that they were there to, to like screw me over. You know, why are you trying to do this to me? I'm just trying to work with this company. And when I started approaching it in a different way, like, hey, what are you trying to protect? How can we work together? And like, how can we all succeed here? Um, I, I've been so much more successful. So I, I, I want to do that in this space as well. Wag me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the last thing real quick that I wanted to add, because it hasn't been mentioned yet, and I've seen the pictures from NFT NYC. So I know Farouk, OSF, Mando, Ed, y'all are good looking motherfuckers. All right. The other reason I'm bullish Amen. about <laughs> the other reason I'm <laughs> bullish about things like, you know, what what CloneX did and using these new avatars and PFPs is there are a lot more ugly people in the world than there are attractive people. And this removes what I call like the pretty premium and it puts everybody on a level playing field. And and that's what I'm also excited about. Um, so, yeah, ugly people need everyone's to rise up and, okay. and make it. Too. Only see <laughs> everyone's <hotness>. beautiful. <laughs> First of all, okay, <laughs> everyone's beautiful, but I see what you're saying. But everyone's beautiful, okay? <laughs> he didn't say you. He said Osef Mandon Farouk. Uh, no, no, he definitely said me. He said Ed. He said Ed in there. Shoot, don't cover me. I'm <laughs> sexy as dude. <laughs> Ella, I see your hands raised. Then we're going to slowly close off as we've hit, uh, we've hit 12. We'll hit noon in the Montreal church battle. Mont- Montreal, Montreal. Montreal. Um, yeah, you know what is is just to what Lazy Things was saying. He's like, "Yo, I just want to make sure that all board apes know that the, 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 to differentiate between the copyright, the licensing, and this and that." And I understand all that. Trust me. But the thing that people need to realize when these guys, these founders, did this, it was just to do something cool for the community, for an actual a community that was just getting started to change the way that things were done. And I know that, you know, down the road, there's going to be instances where people are assholes and want to use the laws to do some frivolous bullshit. But but at the beginning of it, it was a beautiful idea. And I think we need to hold on to the beautiful ideas. And then once they expand, of course, deal with the law around them. But don't forget about the idea first, man. The fact that they were trying to give out IP to to holders, of this project. That's amazing, bro. And I think people get lost on that and just want to do a bunch of nonsense and circular arguments around laws and this and that, which do matter, but ideas matter too, man. And I was gonna say, matters. I, I agree. I think all of you guys have been making awesome points. For the longest time, I've been like, yeah, it's going to dilute the project. This really doesn't do that much because I haven't seen a lot of people using the IP. Um, uh, but I, I don't know. I think I, I I am seeing now how big this can be, and um, I don't know so much about when it comes to music, though. That's one one place, and not not so much about like the music as what you were saying, Lindsay, but like using like the the actual um, uh, like avatars, like the you know the PFP projects as like you know you know like how the gorillas use it. I I can see that happen like maybe once or twice, but like having ten thousand, you know. 
apes doing a whole music. I don't know. I can't see that just yet. But maybe you know. Um, actually, I saw. Um, I had actually, when I was in when I was in New York, I saw this like ape duo like DJs, but it wasn't like the DJs like Seed Phrase does with his punk. Like you know, how Danny puts a thing on. It was actually like. So there was like um, a curtain and they were mixing in the back of the curtain. They were thinking, you know, in movies, like where they have this thing around your head and your fingers and you, when you do movies, like, and you're like digitalized and whatever it's called, you know, I, I don't know the word. Motion but, capture. Yeah, motion capture. And so in the front, though, so they were in the back of a curtain. So you don't know what they look like, you know who they are, nothing. They're mixing, they're DJs, and they're pretty good at it. Then in the front, it was the actual apes, and they put another turntables, like the whole like Pioneer, blah, blah, CDJs and everything. And it was actually the apes moving and mixing and doing like i saw it and i was like wait what that day remember that video with the snake yeah same place uh but it's um i saw that i think Lindsay's right i think Ella's right in music the whole ip part is gonna play a massive role and 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 part i mean we've seen it already happening with snoop and and, and obviously m's you know uh, music video. We've seen it happen with those DJs I talk about. We've seen it happen with Warp when they gave the rights and people create on top of it. Uh, so it's 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 happened a lot. Uh, I think the use case for music would be great. I love. I'm a big fan. Big shout out to the Bored and Hungry guys. And then get you shout them out, Ella. Like these guys are actually super genuine people. Like they came to the Rug Radio event by day and chatted with them. They're really good people. I heard their burgers are bomb. By the way, I just really got to try it. But I want to vegan fucking, Yes, they do, and they're incredible. Shout out to the people that care about vegans and in the space. Bro. Thank Yo, you very shit. much. You see, now I'm gonna get myself. Uh, we'll go to Long Beach together at when I'm in LA, and we'll go and eat eat there in person please do it's worth it bro they put in and out to shame and ed real quick you know why it's gonna work in music because there's a ton of artists and i know personally incredible artists and songwriters that don't make it because labels say they're not marketable because they're too too fat they're too skinny they're too black they're too white they're too this there's always too something that they're not marketable so once I don't know if this is a good way to deal with it though, but well, sure. it's a, it's Ed, a, it's you're a coming option. from a very different place. I think that it's really important. You know, we were dealing I mean, we have, we do AI music, very different, you know, I'm not saying, and I think that it's really important that every artist needs to give up their commercial rights. You're a different type of artist. I would never say that. That's how you earn. You know, licensing your music is really, really important. And to hold on to that is really important. I'm saying there are different types of artists. And, you know, Illa's project, um, there's a different way, you know, it's a little more complex um, but also very, very cool. I'm a holder and, um, the way that he's using a commercial license, it's not just one way and that is really important and not everyone has to give up their commercial license. It's, um, does it suit your project? Does it suit your art? Does it suit the community that you're, that you are talking to? Um, and all of those questions, I, I think, should be asked before granting a commercial license. It's just like, go slow, get to know. Hot sees hot, right, Ed? <laughs> hot sees hot. Um, I totally agree. <laughs> um, and no, and I and I do see it with the music though, because I think with the commercial, like um, giving um, commercial rights to music, you can then use that, and it's easy to sample and do those things with that. So I think that's going to be something to um on that on the right, end a of like, tool no. yeah, yeah a the tool. tool the tool 
Not so much though with LSA. And I, I guess I'm seeing that too, but I don't know if that's a conversation we want to have right now and if it's a good one um that is going to defend the the commercial rights to the point of like, you know, people being afraid to use themselves um because of the industry not wanting them to be, you know, to showcase themselves because they're not marketable enough. Um which I'm sure we're trying to, you know, stay away from. But at the end of the day, though, it still works, though. It will be something to help, period. Um, this is an interesting conversation. Wow, I didn't think it was going to go this way, but it did. No, it is. It is. I mean, when the clickbait king himself, Mando the Great, the great Mando picks a topic, you know, but it's about to be good. I barely said anything. Hot topic. I just, I just let everyone talk. I love great. That. I love that. Mando, you want to, you want to, I'll give you the closing thoughts. I mean, we're, we're, we're 15 minutes over. Maybe you want to give some no, no, no. thoughts. I, I, but I think, I think it's been done. Like, I think, I think um, maybe I slightly underestimated how much of a big deal this is. Like, it does seem like it's revolutionized a lot of industries that people have been involved in for a while. Where it's been completely, um, completely one-sided on these rights. So maybe, maybe, uh, maybe this is going to be a bigger deal. And maybe I'm underestimating it. I just feel, I feel right now is that um, not enough people, people are kind of expecting these deals, these commercial deals to kind of fall in their laps. Like, I don't know Clonex gives it to you. Whereas I feel it's, it's like 90% the work of the user to help build up that use case from a commercial side and maybe 10% the fact the collection is giving you the rights. So a collection giving you the rights is, is only as, as valuable as, as you are willing to put in the work to make it valuable. Of course, exactly. It's like they can only do so much for you and then you have to build on top of the brand that they're building, right? And, and so that's why... We'll keep the conversation. We'll have it again when, when I was talking to Benito yesterday and I was saying they should come on the show to talk about it. That's why I'm bullish on what Artifact's doing because they're actually pushing, and Data, you mentioned it too, but they're actually pushing the the, the creator ecosystem. And it's they want, they're, they're, they're saying, yo, like create this, do this. And you can, even I was telling Zapsy, I'm like, well, I'm not talented enough to do anything with my clones because I just don't understand the whole 3D game. He's like, well, you can, I'm, she's like, I'm sure you're going to be able to commission someone. To, like, I could literally just build a team around to say the one clone I have and do something with, you know what I mean? It's like you can actually build an identity for the clone that's a side and that's his own persona. I mean, I hosted Timberland a couple days ago and he's doing his own stuff with his Abe, which is separate from Timberland. I was actually talking to him before prepping on Zoom and I was kind of, you know, digging deep into like asking like, so why are you doing this? What is it exactly, et cetera, et cetera. And like, it's like, and Ella, you were on stage too, but like, it's like separate. It's not Timberland. That it's the ape, it's Congo. And it's like, he's doing his own thing. He's building his own stuff. And it's like completely separate from him. It's a different artist. So I think it's interesting to see how even artists approach it and people, et cetera. It's, uh, it's really cool. I mean, the whole IP play, it's not just, hey, you have your IP. You can do stickers, T-shirts, this and that. It's it's, it's much deeper, right? You can uh, you could build a lot from it and with it. So it's definitely an interesting ongoing conversation. I think that what Artifact's doing may even inspire the apes, may even inspire other collections and people to um to you know dig further and be a little more curious um with their with their digital assets, right? Especially in this time, like you know you're sitting on assets that are worth a lot of money, maybe a little less now than before, but. What other ways can you make money than just trading? Because you're not going to be making money trading right now unless you're like chopping in there and, you know, it's dangerous and you are, the assets have already depreciated quite a bit. Build something out of it. You know, you can build a brand out of it. Like, you know, you can educate yourself. You're on Twitter. You can ask questions, this and that. I think like it's really interesting to see everything you can do. Like you own the asset. No, you don't own the Yuga Lab logo. 
No, you don't own the artifact, their swoosh, their logo, but you own the actual underlying asset, the clone, the ape, the this, the that. And I think you, everybody that's even slightly entrepreneurial should really start like kind of like revisiting that part and trying to see what you can do with it and educating yourself on it. Mando, clearly this is like a great topic and something people want to hear about. So maybe we can we can have like something specifically on that. Um, but it's, um, it's, um, it's really, um, I, I really like it. I think there's a lot you can do, uh, start digging through your wallet and your portfolio and on, on open and see what you can do with those assets, because I guarantee you, uh, you'd be surprised, uh, how much you can do with it. Uh, once you, you know, explore it a bit outside of our eco chamber. And with that, with that, that wraps it up for another incredible show of GM NFTs on rug radio. Shout out to my co-host. OSF and Mando, as usual, holding it down. Shout out to our special guest today, Nina Chanel Abney. We had a legend on Spaces. Come on, man. And a yes, whole legend. It is recorded. I'm going to post a recording as soon as this is over. That was so cool and inspiring. Big shout out to Todd Kramer here of Gota. I'm excited to, you know, work some stuff together and, and, and to be able to chat with you more. I'm really excited for what you guys got going on. Definitely bullish. Excited to meet my, 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 my Nina Chanel uh, mints of course and to see what's good what i get hopefully i get something rare and big thank you of course to jimmy who came on earlier shout out to Lindsay, ella ed justin dido and golden mammoth legend as usual is gonna be posting a thread right after this we'll be uploading the recordings definitely follow golden crypto here who's gonna be able to post everything right after and with that have a beautiful rest of your tuesday i'll see you all tomorrow wednesday july 6th 10.30 a.m. Eastern time, Standard Time, 7.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for another episode of GM NFTs on Rug Radio. Let's go. And it's a beautiful day. Uh. Have a beautiful day. A GM, GM. On this beautiful day. A good morning, NFTs. With Faroko, Steph, and Mando. Got the alpha on web three, and it's all on the road radio. radio. It's a beautiful day. Have a beautiful day. GMTM. Road radio.